Yay, Sarah Dinkler. Woo, I've been really looking forward to this. <laughs> Me too. Hello, welcome back to The Bleeding Truth. My name's Sally McNally. I'm the Irish midwife. And I'm Bridget, Sally's daughter. Today, we're very excited. We have one really powerful woman. We have Sarah Dinkler here with us. Uh, and she's going to talk to us today about contraception. Um, she has a passion on this subject. And Sarah is a nurse midwife, a women's health nurse practitioner, and she is currently working in Lancaster and delivering lots of babies, I believe. Um, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been doing women's health like mainly for about 20 years, first as a labor and delivery nurse. As you know, this is how we met. Yes. Right. And um, yeah, and then I slowly got the well, I to be honest, I became a nurse to become a nurse midwife. So um, as my kids grew up, I found myself with some spare time between mothering and, and working <laughs> to get my yeah. nurse midwifery. So I did that. So much spare time, I bet. Yes. So much spare time. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of fun because Claire was in high school, yeah. so we would go to Starbucks and like study together. It was fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some good memories. I yeah. remember those days. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Sarah uh, and I worked on labor and delivery as RNs for many years together. We used to have great fun, uh, but she forged the path for a few of us to go in that direction and, and finish yes. school. Yeah. There's, there's so many of us now from, yeah. from the unit that went on to get our nurse midwifery. And I've some, heard fun stories of you guys on labor ward together. You were know, we always very well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love this time of year because in my Facebook memories and Google memories that show up on my phone, there's that picture of us with that wreath oh. and we all stuck our head through the wreath. <laughs> So much fun. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. We'll have to find, we'll have to find that. Yes, let's post that, Bridget. Yeah. Attach that at yes. the bottom. Yes, I believe I, I know the photo you're talking about. <laughs> but you, you decided you were always going to go down the nurse midwife path. Like that was the, the yeah. goal from the beginning. That was my plan from the beginning. Absolutely. Where did you like first learn about, you know, this career path and like what kind of drove, like, drew you towards it? You know, after Zach was born, I, I, I had Zach with a female OBGYN who I actually really loved and was one, she was wonderful. Um, but I kind of wanted more, I wanted more, especially from the labor and delivery part. So then when I got pregnant with Claire, you know, in the meantime, I had been researching midwives and when I got pregnant with Claire, I chose a nurse, uh, nurse midwife. So at the time, Dr. Fishbein had a midwifery practice in Ventura um, with Joyce Weckel and Kathy Wingland. And so Joyce delivered Claire. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. 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 And then actually, when Claire was a few months old, I, I heard from my father, who's a veteran, that I am really sorry, but could you hear my dog? <laughs> We can, yeah. If you want to take a second for them, it's okay. It's so sad. Maybe if I open they can the come door, in if they. Yeah, let them in. It's yeah. okay. And when Claire, um, when Claire was a few months old, um, 
my dad contacted me and he had received um, total and permanent disability rating from the Veterans Administration. So that made me eligible for some dependent education benefits. But that expires at a certain age. So I had to really crack down and, and get it done. Oh. So thank you to oh. my veteran father for, um, for that. Wow, that's great. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. At what point did you start focusing on like contraceptives in, in your career? You know, um, I got very interested in like mechanisms of action and stuff like that in school when I took and Sally, I don't know if you know BJ Snell, but she was actually my teacher at Cal State Fullerton yeah. and um, she recently passed away. But she she is like the smartest person I know for sure. <coughs> Sorry, I have a husky here. It's a husky, of course. <laughs> um, Anyway, so I just found it fascinating, mainly because I, I had a lot of misconceptions about, um, and I made some decisions for my own health based on some poor information and some misconceptions about how things work. Um, right. So, and one of those things was the IUD, because so I made an assumption on how IUDs work based on my mom's experience with IUDs, oh, which of oh, course okay. was in the 60s and 70s or 70s, yeah. I probably 70s, right? The, mm -hmm. the Delcon Shield. So oh, yes. with horrible uh -huh. bleeding and pain and yes. yeah, so. So she had a very bad experience with that. And because of that, you did, you chose not to use one. Is that what you mean or? Right. Her perception was that every year, every month she was getting pregnant and having a miscarriage. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the bleeding wow. and pain was so heavy. But really, we know oh, now that yeah. IUDs, especially mm -hmm. early IUDs, are um, mm -hmm. associated mm -hmm. with that. So, right, interesting. We've come a long way. Yeah, because yes. I I have an IUD, and it's definitely not that case. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, thankfully, yes. wow. But that's super yeah. interesting. So, like that kind of motivated you to learn more once you. Like had more knowledge about it. And right. Yeah. And then yeah. I learned, oh, it actually, certain, certain IUDs actually make, make your bleeding better because there's a little bit of hormone mm -hmm. in there, just a small yes. amount. And the other, and the other part I didn't understand that I do now, and I try to relay to uh, my patients is that that hormone that's absorbed into your body, it's a local, re it's a local reaction. While there's a very um, small amount of serum levonorgestrel it's nothing compared to taking like a pill or something like that. It's a very different level of hormone in your body. Right. Yeah. So, so Sarah, let's start then with IUDs. Give us a little uh, overview of uh, IUDs uh, that we have nowadays that young women could, you know, mm -hmm. think about using or choose from. Sure, sure. The first thing I want to say before we move there is I have some basic assumptions that I, I want people yeah. to, when they go in and they're like, I need a, I need a method. There's some basic yeah. assumptions that I want people to, to think about. And one is like, yeah. try not to bring into your mind people's stories, the friend's story, mm. the friend of the friend, who, who even yeah. know if, who even knows if that person exists, right? Because there's yes. this um, you know, I have That's a friend, so who had a true. friend, who had a friend, 
And this yeah. happened to them when they had the IUD or when they had the next one on. All the time. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So the only people I think that are allowed to listen to uh, other people's stories would be, I would th think Bridget or Claire, because uh, they can listen to us <laughs> because yeah. we have this knowledge, right? right. Even if it's your mother, <laughs> just take it, you know, check it out first with a healthcare professional to make sure it's actually uh, something that you should be concerned about. So that's my first decision. Like, just try to get that out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Go into your appointment with an open mind. Mm -hmm. um, if you great advice. The other yes. assumption I want to clarify is that birth control, when you say the word birth control, 99% of the time, someone's going to equate that to the pill. And that's not, mm -hmm. that's not just birth, birth control is not just the pill. So yeah. sometimes birth control is just withdrawal method. That's a method of birth control. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Or natural family planning is birth exactly. control. Natural family planning yeah. or condoms or whatever. Like yeah. when I'm going into my postpartum uh, rounds in the morning, I'll say, well, I used to say, what's your plan for birth control? Oh, no, I don't do birth control. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe you do. So let's talk more. <laughs> I think maybe yeah. you do some sort of birth control. So now I've changed how I ask the question. I'll say, what are you going to do in the next year or so yeah. to prevent pregnancy? And then I get a much clearer mm. answer. So mm. yeah. instead, of, instead of this wall that comes up because they think I'm trying to push pills. Yes. Some, so some you, of my patients will say, well, we always used the withdrawal method. So I'll, I'll say to them, how important is it to you within this next year that you don't yeah. get pregnant? Yes. Be between a zero and a 10, give me a number. How important? Exactly. And then they might say, oh, it's a 10. So yeah, then we yeah. try and talk about, you know, what other options might be there. So when you say also like some of your patients don't want to like have pills pushed on them. Do you feel like there's like a negative connotation to like, taking the pill or people are wary of it or In something? In some cases, someone is just prescribed a pill perhaps. And then, um, you know, they had some side effects they didn't like in the first couple of weeks. And mm, so they uh, just yeah, and they just stopped won't it. Try it. And then they yeah. equate like that one pill that they took for a few weeks as all pills. There's over a hundred different combinations of pills for birth control yeah. use. So right. Um, and there's within those pills, there's different levels of estrogen from 10 milligrams to 50 milligrams. There's four different progesterones that all have different actions. So there's lots of um, lots of options for pills. So you can have one pill that makes you feel crummy and another pill that makes you feel amazing. So it's finding yeah. a provider that's going to help you find the right pill for you. Right. You might have one pill that will help your acne and another pill that will help the amount of bleeding. Of course, they all do. But um, yeah, that's I what always, trying I find acne. difficult because there's so many, mm -hmm. there's so many. And sometimes they mm -hmm. come in and they say, well, this is the name of the pill that I, I take, but it might be a generic name or there's also different names of the different amounts of hormones. So yes. it can be a how do you uh, How do you like, match what type of pill? I, I, I'm sure you're not guessing, obviously. Try this right. one, try this one. Like, how do you, uh, do, is it based on like blood tests or, you know, 
No, a lot of times I, I, I honestly have no idea. Yeah. I start with a simple question is um, like, tell me about your periods. Are they mm. light? Are they heavy? Do they last two days? Do they last 15 days? Are, do you have spotting in between? Do you, I have a great book. It's my Bible called uh, um, Managing Hormonal Contraceptive Patients. It's by uh, the last name is Dickey. Um, and so he has, he has like charts in there based on, you can look, um, in fact, I printed one out here, depending on how their periods are, depending what their weight is, they might do better on one pill versus, versus another. There's still a lot of, there's still a lot of, um, wiggle room in there. Yeah. Many pills, but I remember trying one for acne for, Oh yeah. Maybe a couple months at some mm-hmm. point, but it never really helped. <laughs> and yeah. that was the end of my <laughs> yeah. attempt of using it. And well, the thing with I've, acne I've is it, it does require a longer a long I believe not it, just yeah. a month or two. So it's I I don't know, at least also maybe asking the patient like how you know consistent can they be because that would probably Oh yeah, you know, have a big role to play and how yeah. effective it is. Yeah. I know like that's why when my mom started explaining the IUD to me, I was like, great. <laughs> uh-huh. I can't take the same thing at the same time every day. Yeah. Um and trust it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. For forget, women yeah. women and girls who want to take the pill, I always tell them set their alarm clock on their yeah. phone. Right. Um, and maybe for, when they're around a time that they're doing something like washing their teeth. Right. And I also tell them have an old fashioned calendar right there so that they get their alarm, they take their pill and they put a little X in. Because um, I, I do have so like, some really young patients who, who are like, yeah. I'm bleeding, I'm spotting mm. and I'm taking my pill. But when we look back in the last month or so, they may have missed a pill. Uh, mm. And then it's going to make it look like it's not working and they're bleeding. Interesting. Right. But yeah. they're actually having withdrawal bleed before they should yeah 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 another another good thing with setting the alarm is never hit stop until that pill is in your mouth oh that's a good one and you're gonna get busy or if you're like oh just stop this alarm because i'm in the middle of something then you're You're gonna forget forget. i'm gonna add that always just snooze snooze then every 10 minutes you'll get a reminder that you didn't do what you were supposed to do so never i'm gonna Um, I have a small funny funny story. I I knew someone who like missed a day. So they thought that if they took two the next day, it would make up for missing a day. That actually, that actually is. (laughs) Oh, really? Recommend. Yeah. If it's only been one day, then you can take both pills. Yeah. As soon as you remember. Well, it didn't work. It didn't work. (laughs) Oh, no. But um, but it, that is the yeah. right. Yeah, you should probably also use it. Interesting, okay. <laughs> but yeah. it is something yeah. to say to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh poor papa. Oh, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, okay. you're fine. <laughs> they want to be involved. <laughs> you would ask though, Sally, about IUDs. So if we want to circle back there, we can. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, Bridget. Bridget, it sounds like you're pretty happy with yours. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm on my second one. Um, I did like one for five years and now I'm already in a, a new one. Yeah. And I think that's the Morena. Does that mm-hmm. sound right? I don't yeah. remember exactly. 
Um, but yeah, I, I've had almost like pretty much no issues since I always had very light, this is very personal now, but it always (laughs) had very light uh, periods. So I, I didn't have very many negative symptoms. And then with it, it's almost like, it's just not a big deal, which yeah. is very good. Like I know so great. some, yeah. some of my friends, like even on swim team or, you know, colleagues now, it's a big deal every month that, yeah. you know, can take some time away from mm-hmm. anything else that you're working it's on. It's perfect so. for athletes. And if you yeah. really, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 I know Bridget was a swimmer and Claire did mm-hmm. some swimming, so. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Yeah. I remember I always see her. We'd be at the pool at the same time, and yeah. she'd be, like, doing some – it always looked so fun what she'd be doing. Like, yeah. the synchro, you know, they're so, like, graceful in the water. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, Beautiful. yeah, I remember that. That was fun. Yeah. And diving. Yeah. Didn't she dive as well? Or maybe uh, no, I was just really. doing diving or something. Not, uh, yeah. She might have done it for one summer you know just recreation yeah whatever we were always at the pool though yeah (laughs) but sarah tell us all about iud's back to the sorry (laughs) so there are two two basic classifications of iud's right now the non-hormonal iud which is the paragard this is a Mm -hmm. copper iud and it works by um, confusing the sperm basically. So they can't swim to look at me going like this. So they can't swim <laughs> the egg. They, they have no idea where they're going. So, um, oh, it's wow. great. So that's how that works. Um, and for a lot of people, it's great. So if you have someone that doesn't want the hormones and their periods are pretty, um, normal or average or light, that's a really good option. However, it, it may cause increased some increased bleeding during their cycle, um, but not not for everyone. And the longer you have it in, the the better that gets. So for people with heavy periods or painful periods, I I I steer them towards the Mirena, um, and the the or the Liletta is the other uh, um, fifty two milligram uh, IUD. Similar one, yeah. 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 Just different names, same same idea. So the and the second type of IUD is the levonorgestrel IUD. And there are many types. There's the Mirena and the Liletta. Those are both have fifty-two milligrams of levonorgestrel. There's the Kylina, I think it has nineteen, and then the Skyla, which yeah. has uh three and a half uh thirteen and a half milligrams. So and that's over a three, five, or now for Mirena, an eight-year period. Mirena is now good for eight years, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what I have. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you have. Yeah. And then I didn't talk about the the Paragard. The copper IUD is good for Mm -hmm. um, 10 years. FDA approved for 10 years, but evidence says it's good for 12 years or more. So. Mm. So great. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So for, Especially and, for women who are sensitive to hormones in any way, that, right. or they just choose not to, that's a really good option. Yeah, yeah. I feel. Um, I hope I'm not derailing the topic, but I like. I hear. I've heard in the past, and this might be myths, right? Um, that the pill is something that can negatively affect, like infertility if it's taken for a very extended period of time. And that's something that I've always been kind of like scared of, like even 
just because I don't have the knowledge that you guys have of like how these things work. Well, or we're both them... very happy that you started that out with the myth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I and that because I think I've asked you before, and you're like, no, that's not true. But mm -hmm. like, it is definitely something that I've heard people be concerned of because it is. It feels so unnatural to like block that and mm -hmm. to, you know, inhibit. <laughs> so. I don't so know. I, is is that something that you encounter? Yeah. So uh, yeah, patients do ask me that all the time. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure Sally and sure you get that too. And and the key, I think, is what you said, Bridget, when they've been on it for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. So when you are 30 years old and you go on the pill for five years, you are now 35 years old, and your chances of getting pregnant while well, are still good. They're already going down. They're, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's parts you can Google on the internet with regard to fertility um, as you age, right? So mm -hmm. I think some of that could be, well, I was on the pill for 10 years and now I have infertility. Well, it could be that you're just 10 years older and that's going to affect your fertility. That's usually, so true. Yeah. Usually not, but it is something to consider that it might just be a perception rather than just... Um, there's no evidence that or or just some some depending on the patient sometimes when they get off birth control um some people bounce back really quick and they can get pregnant very fast and other times it takes a lot longer for things to like go back to normal is that also myth or is with with the more... pill you know you can get pregnant by missing one one pill we've already right, talked about right. this yeah. right. pill, but no there's no evidence to support that um, with the, okay. with things like um, the shot, the birth control shot, that can take mm -hmm. time for fertility to return, probably about nine months. Okay. So it lasts oh, wow. three months, which is great, but it might actually last a little longer than that. So if, if someone comes to me and says, like, I, I want to get pregnant in six months, I need something in the meantime... Um, I've heard about this shot that's good for three months. Maybe I can just get two of those. I'll usually steer them, try to steer them in another direction and explain right. yeah. that it could take up to nine okay. months for their periods to return. So, yeah. Wow. yeah. So that shot, tell us a little bit more about that. What's in that? The, sh the, the shot is called Depo-Provera. That's the, the name brand, I guess. It's uh, a progesterone that you get a uh, shot every three months and it works by thickening the cervical mucus. It might actually work by inhibiting ovulation as well because progesterone in larger doses inhibits ovulation. So if there's no egg mm -hmm. being released, then you can't get pregnant. So, yeah, right. Right. So that's really that good. Yeah. So less and less people are want to use that depot. Uh, right. I I have very few patients that I see that want to. I just don't hear shot. about it mm -hmm. that much. It's not right. as yeah, common, I, at least. Right. You know, if, if we're um, thinking about how hard it is to take a pill every day, imagine how hard it is to get to the doctor's office, right? Every three months. Right. So it, yes. there can be some barriers there. I love it in my room. I like it for um, giving in the hospital after childbirth. Oh, because yeah. I've noticed there's some delay in people getting on an effective birth control method after childbirth, especially in my patient population in Lancaster. Oh, it's that's like, so interesting. They might lose yeah. their Medi-Cal 
and then they don't know where to go. And then before they know it, they're because they were on pregnancy medical. And then before we know it, they're pregnant again. So back on pregnancy medical. Right. So some well, people um, get in the hospital before they go home. Would Nexplanon be an option for that patient, or would that be too expensive? Is Nexplanon the one that goes? Yes, in your arm? sorry. Yes, okay. tell us it's about okay. Nexplanon. So Nexplanon is uh, also a progesterone, progestin-based uh, um, contraceptive. That's an implant that goes in the arm. Mm-hmm. It's it's expensive and difficult to stock. Um, so that's yeah. Um, that's, I think it's perfectly fine to do right after childbirth. That's not the issue. I think the the issue Mm -hmm. is the the hospital's not going to have it in their, in their PIXIS system, right? right? Whereas the, uh, the depot, they have it. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So they, the progesterone only forms of contraception, they're really good choices for women who've just had a baby. Uh, especially if they want to breastfeed, uh, because if you give them an estrogen form of contraception, it can reduce their breast milk just a little bit. Is that true, right. Sarah? That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that is something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to, we want to our women who's li- who are listening to this to have the bleeding truth about contraception, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. <Literally. laughs> Yeah, literally. So then, just to recap that, then Mm -hmm. your forms of progesterone only would be the depot shot, which you'd have to get every three months. Mm -hmm. You could have a Nexplanon implant, and how long does that last, Sarah? Um, FDA approved for three years, but again, the evidence on the Nexplanon says it's probably good for five years. So nothing right. magically happens at three years in one day, right? It doesn't right. just right. self-destruct in your arm or same with the IUD. Nothing happens yeah. at five years in one day. So right. they always estimate like a year or two mm-hmm. less. <laughs> less. Yeah. Than, than, yeah. 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 Just to be safe. So you have the shot, the implant and the IUD uh, forms mm-hmm. of progesterone only. For you women who've just had babies, they're really good options. Yes. Uh, and then and there's a pill. And then, of course, oh, yes, there's the pill, the Micronors, the mini pill. It just has one hormone, the progesterone. Right. right. Yeah. And there's a new uh, there's a new pill called Slind. Mm-hmm. It's also a progesterone only pill, but it's not a generic. So it's not going to be at a price point that everyone can mm-hmm. afford. Probably it has a little bit of a longer mm-hmm. half life which is great, which means with the progesterone only pill traditionally that's been out there is you have to take it like pretty close to 24 hours or you might have some unscheduled bleeding. Um, So with Slind, um, it has a longer half-life, so there's a little bit more wiggle room there. So people like that. Great. So then we have hormonal and non-hormonal. Do you know if any more non-hormonal that women might use? Well, especially for our, our, well, obviously condoms. And that's another thing. That's another thing yeah. to, to put out there when we're talking about contraception is the only thing that's going to prevent sexually transmitted infection is a condom, female or male condom. That's it. Everything else 
you have to use a condom if that's a concern for you. So if you're not in a relationship where you can necessarily trust your partner, um, or if you're, you know, then you need, then you need to use a condom, which is going to mm-hmm. increase the efficacy of your birth control in the long run. Yes. So yeah. Um, Fantastic. I, for our breast, since we were talking about breastfeeding moms, new moms, there's a new, there's that uh, Fexi um, gel, which is. Yeah, I've given it to a few women and uh, they, they seem to like it. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to, for the ladies who definitely don't want a hormone, Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about Fexi, Sarah. Yeah, I have never heard of this. Okay. So I have to, little disclaimer. When, when the market took a big crash, I bought probably, I don't know, a few, a few dollars shares worth of Fexi. So I'm not, a little disclaimer, I have okay. I own a couple of Fexi shares, <laughs> only because I believe Evofem is the company, only because I believe yeah. in this as a method, um, because mm-hmm. I think it does a lot to kind of um, empower women in a lot of ways that some other right. products don't. Um, right. So for new moms, it's great because you're so exhausted and you're probably not having sex three times a week, right? Yeah. You're probably <laughs> just <laughs> in general. So all you need to do is use the applicator, put it in and up to an hour before intercourse and, and you have some protection. Now it's definitely not, you know, 99% effective like an IUD or, or an implant, but if you're a new mom and you're in a relationship and a committed relationship with a partner, then that's probably. Right. Okay. And you have that enough. option that you can say, hold that thought for yes. an hour. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's something to consider. So if you do get interrupted with, you know, the baby starts to cry and you get interrupted and you have to go deal with that. And then you come back. If it's been more than an hour since you put it in, you have to re put it in. So you oh, might good. Yeah. have something to Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's put a new, yeah. new application in. And yeah. is it designed just for like postpartum or is it something no. that anybody could use? Oh, anybody could use it. Um, okay. And the way it works is just, it, it uh, acidifies the vaginal canal. Um, so mm-hmm. it's called a pH modulator in it. Right. Okay. So it makes it inhospitable to sperm because it's so acidic. Yeah. It's like the yep. spermicidal that people used to use years ago. I don't hear so many women talking about spermicidal, but it is like that. Well, but way more yes effective. No, the other, the the problem with yeah. spermicide, like nonoxyl nine, is it's actually very um, bad yes. for the vaginal walls. Yeah, and it can increase right. your risk of infection, like oh. HIV, if you yes. use use nonoxyl nine. So. Um, yeah. So it's, it's caustic to the sperm as well as your vaginal health, whereas the Fexi is, doesn't have that same problem. So it's friendly to the vagina. Friendly to yeah. the vagina. Yes. <laughs> so that's a good option then for people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, Sarah, lately I've met so many young women who are studying their own fertility. And I, I really yeah. think it's so great. When I was That's in midwifery true. school back in Ireland, the nuns gave us all the first day of midwifery school. They came out with this 
uh, chart. We all got a big chart to stick up on the wall and it was 24 months and a bunch of these stickers. And if you had a period, you had little red baby sticker. And if you had uh, mucus, you had a cloudy baby and then you had a clear baby for ovulation and then ah. green stickers for in between. And we all studied our fertility like really, really well. Um, we, we had this chart and we got to watch it. And honestly, for most of the two years, I was so clear on when I was um, fertile and wow. I knew exactly when my period would start. But just a little interesting story. My sister had a sudden infant death and she oh. went through a lot with that. And I was very involved um, around that time. And so I was kind of stressed about the, the, uh, the situation and I didn't ovulate that month. Wasn't wow. that interesting? interesting. Mm. Yeah. So I always remind women who are studying their own fertility to watch for things like stress, um, mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, and illness. Big as life well. changes, yeah. Big. I've always changes. gone thrown off, like yeah. <laughs> periods. Right. Every time I move or I'm stressed yeah. <laughs> for a long period of time. Yeah. But I wow. thought it was a great idea. I wish that young women could get that. But they laugh at me when I tell them about my old fashioned chart because now they have their apps. They do right. it all on their app. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so with natural yeah, yeah. family planning, yeah, it works it works really well if if you have regular periods. If you don't, if you have irregular periods, then it's not going to be as effective and you might find right. yourself quite baffled and confused as to why this works for people because yes. you know, some people's yeah. periods are anywhere from 21 to 3 months, 21 days to 3 months apart, so it's yeah. kind of harder for those people. But if you're someone who has a 27 28 30 day cycle and it yeah. works really well but and you like you said like getting to know the cervical mucus i think that's mm -hmm. what you were alluding to the clear babies yeah yeah right <laughs> getting, to know, getting to know your cervical mucus if you have that egg white cervical mucus you are likely fertile during that time mm -hmm. if yeah. you're using a iud that has progesterone in it though that's going to thicken that cervical mucus. So you might not notice anything. You won't be able to tell. Yeah. yeah. I need any progesterone method. So you're unlikely to, to, to know. So, yeah. So tell us about the temperature method. That would tie in with that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does tie in. I mean, you can do these elaborate charts. Um, yeah. So there's your, after ovulation, there's a spike in your basal body temperature. So, so some women will track their um, temperatures every morning. And basal body temperature just means that, temp that temperature that you take before you move out of bed in the morning. So first thing in the morning, you um, take your temperature and you, you chart it or plot it on a graph. And you'll notice that, um, you know, probably day 12, 13, 14, you're going to start seeing that slippery mucus. And then in a few days, you'll see that spike. And that means you've ovulated. You'll see that spike in your temperature. Wow. So beyond wow. after that temperature spike, if you're trying to use this to prevent pregnancy, then you're good to go till your next period. Then you don't mm -hmm. have to worry about any contraceptive method if right. you're following this perfectly. So that's right. the <laughs> 
I always tell the women um, around that 12 hour window where you're like really, really fertile, a few things might happen. That mucus comes and it looks like egg white and it's strong and stretchy and see through it. And you feel kind of open down there. Like when you're going to the bathroom, it feels kind of open. And when you wipe, it's really slippery. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when you look at your partner, they look so handsome. <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, they look so good. <laughs> oh, and you might get a little pain on one side or another. Right, or, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I guess. And, and I think there Johnny's is handsome every day. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Ovaries are wonderful, aren't they? Ovaries. Are <laughs> They're wonderful. very nice. <laughs> Ovaries are Bridget, I think you came from my left ovary. I know, you always say that. My Democrat one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're hilarious. And if I was a boy, I'd be Liam, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My fibroid is Liam. I have a fibroid called Liam. (laughs) I remember you calling your fibroid Liam. Yeah. (laughs) the fibroid a long time (laughs) oh my little friend (laughs) anyway um so sarah is there any other form of birth control that you could advise people about well one another one to think about for new moms is um you know lactational amenorrhea which is so basically the if you're exclusively breastfeeding, and unfortunately this doesn't work for people that are pumping and, and giving milk that way, because you really need the baby's stimulation of the nipple for this to work. But you're, if you're exclusively breastfeeding and you're um, feeding at least every four hours, if, um, if your periods have not returned, then you likely have protection for that first six months after the baby's born. But if you're supplementing or pumping and feeding, or if you've already got your period, or your baby's sleeping like seven hours at night, God bless you, then then it's not going to work as a right. So, but that's one, you know. And there's this also patches and rings to talk about if if you want, or we could go in into those. um, Yeah. What's the ring? There's a vaginal, well, there's a cup, there's two, I think, vaginal rings now. They're a mm-hmm. combined hormonal contraceptive. So they have both estrogen and progesterone in them. And you basically mm-hmm. insert it in the vagina and it just lives there. Um, one one of the rings you, you replace um, every, you put it in for three weeks and then you take it out and have a period. Um, and then after a week you put a new ring in and then there's another newer ring that's good for an entire year. So you put it in, take it out, you store it during your period and then put it back in after a week. And that's something that you could do all on your own or do you need to go in? You, those require prescription. Yeah. And you need to be a candidate for uh, like, you know, you need to not have any uh, medical conditions kind of Mm -hmm. like with a pill that, 
that would be contraindicated. So, but each a, time you're changing it out, you can do that on your own. It oh yes, is yeah. that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but it, yes. you informed more too. Yeah, yeah, but you do need a prescription. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You just put it in yourself, take it out mm -hmm. yourself. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's I a lot more that I didn't oh, sorry. hear about before. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I haven't come across a lady in the practice uh, wanting a sponge. Tell us about sponges. I don't know a lot about them. Are they still manufacturing the the sponge? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't I've never had to give it to anyone. So I've never I don't had think to... they are because there was that whole yeah. uh, um, Seinfeld episode where they <laughs> off the market right and elaine was talking about if somebody was sponge worthy to, or something. <laughs> to use up her sponge <laughs> so i'm oh, not too familiar about the sponge but yes there is a, right. a sponge that you can and it must be saturated with non-oxidal nine or something yeah I yeah think. but hopefully women listening to this might you know uh, choose a different option, something that might be a lot easier. Or just do more research. Cause yes, I, yeah, I mean, again, I'm unlucky to have you as a resource, but I didn't know that there were so many options mm -hmm. at yeah. all. Like yeah. only, you yeah. know, through talking about it, you, but the only option that. that's like a hundred percent proof that will keep you not pregnant <laughs> is abstinence. Sure. Until hundred percent. Right. <laughs> I think Maybe we had some form of sex education, and and it was like abstinence. That's the one. <laughs> That's yes. what the nuns used to teach us. Catholic, don't uh, look at a boy. Don't talk to a boy. Right. And then we'd be like a boy. There's a boy. <laughs> It's almost they like the forbidden, the forbidden fruit, right? They made they made it. Yes, work. <laughs> the forbidden fruit. <laughs> exactly, Sarah. Don't touch them. Yeah. Whatever you do, yeah. <laughs> and I just kind of want to kind of touch on um, the topic just briefly of like abortion because I don't personally consider that like a birth control, but it is something that kind of is also within this, like breadth of you know women's health as well i don't know if you have any like thoughts on that as like a you know resource in this area too or any you know things that you would share on that topic as well that you feel well, comfortable talking about yeah, right yeah. well first of all i would say if you find yourself in a position where you've had unprotected intercourse and mm -hmm. and you're thinking i I shouldn't have done that, or I wish that hadn't have happened because it's not always that mm -hmm. you did something. Um, you have to get yourself to a healthcare provider or the pharmacy because you can get plan B at the pharmacy without a prescription. Um, there's a couple of different morning after pills that can be prescribed. And right. there's also the copper IUD can be used as emergency contraception as well. Really? And the benefit to that is now you have a really good method of birth control as well going forward. Right. So, right. Um, that's nice. Um, so that's the first thing people need to know is that there are ways to reduce their chances of getting 
pregnant after the fact. Um, right. Specifically, the morning after pill works by, um, or at least plan B works by delaying ovulation by a few days. So that can, that can mean that the sperm will die out and then you don't have to worry about an egg. Are there any like risks associated with plan B? Just, I've never had to use it, but I've heard like kind of the same, is it a myth or is it true that it can also just be not healthy to use? (laughs) I'm not Um, sure. Well, it's certainly going to be more healthy than a pregnancy that you're not ready to prepared for yeah um yeah. no i mean it's a progesterone only thing mm-hmm. so it it might screw up your cycle a little bit it might cause some bleeding, gotcha. some irregular bleeding but there's no you know cardiovascular issues or stroke it right. okay. or anything like that because there's no estrogen in it it's just a hefty gotcha. dose of progesterone to delay ovulation and it's okay. really designed for people with a like a normal BMI. So it's going to work best mm. on a person with okay. a normal BMI. Yeah. If if you're in an overweight category, then your the IUD is going to be a better bet for you. The mm-hmm. copper IUD. Great, super Fabulous. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So on the topic of abortion, though, my my biggest concern is just the the misconceptions that are out there with regard to especially things like IUDs. Um, People do have a misconception that they cause abortion. And and I've never heard that, thankfully. So we have. Yeah, Yeah, it's out there. Some of our legislators in some of the states think that that's how they work. And wow. it's just simply not true. Yeah. So um, we already talked about how they work. You know, the copper one confuses the sperm and the progesterone one thickens the cervical mucus so the sperm and the egg mm-hmm. can't meet. And it really is that simple. Um, but there's, so my concern is that, as, you know, some of these legislators getting into office are going to try to outlaw these really excellent, excellent birth control methods or make it additional barriers for women. Yeah. And and I think it's a real concern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would definitely be a problem because it's it's great that we have the option to, you know, oh, get yeah. those resources and yeah. you know, not um not come to a, a point where you're not prepared. Right. But also I think before all of that, just educating is the first starting point of birth yes. control. So you you know talk about it going down the wrong path or something yeah and i think it's great if women come in to discuss birth control so that they know their options they they might never have heard of half of what we're talking about say yeah Yeah. so there's lots of options as you've just heard and uh some someone will uh pick one over another um sometimes i'm like baffled why you know, somebody would want something like a female condom, right? But it's such a good barrier, right? So tell us a little yeah. bit about that, Sarah. Go back to the female condom. The female condom is probably better at, at um, well, first of all, anything that gives the woman the control, I'm a fan of. Yeah. That's why nice. I like 
Yeah. That's why I like, so it'd be hard to, you know, have you heard of this stealthing, right? Have you heard of this? No. Like stealthing, like uh, having uh, sex with someone, you know, saying like probably more of a casual uh, sexual encounter where uh -huh. the man takes off the condom in the middle of oh, and, and I think it's called stealthing. So oh, where they are just not, you know, honest about their contraceptive basically. So somebody might be at risk of getting pregnant. Is that what that means? Or? Right. So they, the man has, yeah. they started, they agreed we're going to have sex, but we do it with a condom. And then halfway through intercourse, he, he is able to take it off somehow and now they're having unprotected sex. So now she's at risk for sexually transmitted. And she is sex. unaware. She's unaware that she's and having she's unaware. Yes. Whoa. So this is yeah, the I'm sure that happens. So that's why anything that so it'd be harder to do that with a female condom, obviously. Um, that's why I like yeah. Fexy. The idea of Fexy yeah. because she has yeah. the control. She can put that in before the encounter, and. Yeah. Um, and then if something like this happens, or even if the condom breaks or whatever, then she has that extra layer of protection against pregnancy. Um, yeah. So very good. What the original question was, yeah. oh, the female condom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, that answered it though. But yeah, that did, Why, yeah. 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 It's an extra layer of protection. Yeah, and, and so it great. gives her a little, it gives her control. I think it's more awkward to put in. So not everybody is comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, and it also helps a little bit protect more of the labia from uh -huh. infection, which, which is right. good. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. But not, this not a terribly popular method though. No, not, not at all popular. And yeah. um, so just to bring you back to OCPs, um, so some women think that they cause cancer. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and there are, this isn't true. yeah, yeah. There's actually a lot of good evidence that birth control pills actually reduce a lot of female cancer. So reduction in ovarian cancer, reduction in endometrial cancer, um, I think there's even a reduction. I don't don't quote me on this, but I want to say gastrointestinal cancers, but I'm not sure if that's uh -huh. true. I might have yeah. it written down somewhere. But there's actually a lot of good. Yeah. Maybe the only one is breast cancer. There might be a slight increase, but mm -hmm. still, um, you know, compared to the risks of pregnancy, um, you know, you're still you still have a good there's still a good risk benefit profile to taking a birth control. A lot of my patient population are, um, you know, late thirties, forties, and they will uh, go from taking contraceptive pills right into their menopause, where they then switch to hormone replacement therapy. So yeah. they spend a lot, big chunk of their life taking hormones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you've come across that Sarah too. I have. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I think if for the person, you know, everybody's different. So for the person that wants that, that's, that's great for them. I'm happy yeah. for them. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they have total control of their, you know, fertility, their menopause. Mm -hmm. 
you know, all of those symptoms. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then another myth that I've come across uh, also is that a person with the fibroids that bleed a lot and stuff that Mm -hmm. they cannot have an IUD. So that's not true. That's not true. Yeah. So Marina, what is a a fibroid? Oh, we have Liam. (laughs) Good call. (laughs) Well, fibroids like a a, like a little growth that can happen on some part of the uterus. Sometimes Mm. it's coming into the uterus. Sometimes it's in the wall. Sometimes it's on the outside part of the uterus. Um, But they can bleed a lot during your period, and sometimes they can cause pain. Uh, sometimes they grow bigger, sometimes they stay the same. And a lot of women um, might have a little fibroid of some sort. So they and not know it, just think and, it's period or. Yeah, but it's not a cancerous growth usually. Mm. And uh, yeah. whereas before a lot of women would have them removed surgically. Um, but uh, some women now can opt to have an IUD, a progesterone only IUD mm. that seems to help really well, I think. Yeah, so as long as the uterine cavity is not significantly distorted by the fibroid, then a Mirena IUD is actually FDA approved for fibroids as well. So to help with the symptoms and might help actually shrink them a little bit as well. So yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. Every time we do an episode, I'm learning. That's so great. I love that. And that's why you really need to have a a one-on-one discussion with someone who's Mm -hmm. willing, you know, a healthcare provider that's willing to really go through all these things. Um, Because not one method is right for everybody. It really is absolutely individualized care. My my bleeding truth (laughs) with regard to contraception is... I, if I had understood, this was before I became a nurse and before I Mm -hmm. um, understood what I know now, but if I had understood about really how IUDs work, um, I might not have chosen uh, sterilization as a method as early as I did, if that makes sense. So so that's my bleeding truth is that I have two children and I love them. But my life might be a little bit different had I been like, let's try this IUD for a few years and then see, are we really done having children? Wow. Oh, yeah. That you may have had another one. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. But you would have had (laughs) But to have the option. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So so that's that's why I really do encourage people to to really put put behind them like stories they've heard, other people's experiences, they're all going to be very different than your own. Um, so yeah, you got to come in with an open mind for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you thank for you sharing for that, that as well. Yeah, because of course that's the ultimate birth control right there is to mm-hmm. have your tubes tied or to have um, the partner's uh, tubes right. tied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is considered permanent sterilization. I mean, it is considered yeah. a permanent birth control method. There's still a failure rate. And actually, the next one on is, uh, is actually about the Safer. same. <laughs> it's about the same uh, efficacy. You're, wow. You're, I think it's like 
percent for tubes tied and point two percent um for next planon for next that's planon. funny yeah, yeah. Wow. so it's actually yeah next planon is a really good method as far as wow. efficacy is concerned but what a lot <laughs> to think about huh yeah yeah and each well, one of these little subjects is probably uh each one mm -hmm. of these methods is probably a podcast yeah method, right? i agree yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate getting to see you again. It's been a long time. Yeah, me too, Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> yeah, say hi to Zach and Claire. I will. I will. I will. And um, for anybody still listening, please make sure to give us a like mm -hmm. and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple, please hit, you know, a review for us. That would always help. Um, and we'll definitely bring some more uh, great episodes like this down the line. So thanks again, Sarah. And thanks for sharing your bleeding truth with us, Sarah. Yeah. So thanks interesting. Me. I love thanks it. Thanks a million. <laughs> thanks a million. So thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. And um, if you like what we're doing, give us a bit of a review on Apple. That would help us so much. And um, if you come across a subscribe button, press the subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything.